0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: Hello and welcome to the show tonight. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a delightful episode tonight. The topic tonight is how to create a true quantum leap. And our guest tonight, a true quantum leap in your life with Bryna Haynes. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But I wanted to talk about the notion about mythology, um, the, the history of our humanity. You know, one of the most favorite books that I have that I've never read is this big thick book on mythology and what I really like about it is all the stories in it you it it's a thick book. you can plop it down and close your eyes and open it to any page and there's a story about a culture and and their their mythology or or how they see the mechanics of of life and or and/ or their relationship with a deity or a God. Um, and there's so many different stories in that book and they're all markedly different from each other. I'm sure you could find similarities over over the thousands of pages. but you know the curious thing is um, the elephant in the room, if you will, is, Um, our most recent history. I'm a baby boomer, and I grew up with the fear of it raining nuclear bombs. When I was a little kid in elementary school, they taught us how to protect ourselves from nuclear bombs. And and if you think about that mythology, humanity had built a machine, a nuclear arsenal that could pretty much decimate life all over the planet. And the elephant in the room is, that's in my lifetime. My flesh and bones was walking around on the planet and experienced that. So our mythology really doesn't have a clear-cut example of the salvation of humanity. It, it doesn't exist in the mythology that we put our attention on. And so what, I'm, what I love about this lifetime, what I love about this chapter of our human story is I suggest you these last few decades and the next few decades are going to be a most exceptional turning point of our human demeanor, of our human understanding, of our human awareness. And what's going to come out of that is, is a very personal thing for every one of us, if we so choose to recognize it. And that is our own, our own role, our own potential, our own divinity, if you will, in this, in this cosmic storyline, in this collective consciousness, if you, if you will talk about the power of a human persona a single human persona the the planet is ripe for a garden for a, a legion of of alchemists and sages and mystics to arise out of the everyday person all over the planet from every culture from every country the the information behind the mechanics of the universe is much more mainstream. And with this electronic arena, we can have conversations all over the planet at the same time. So I suggest if you're breathing, and if you're conscious, and if you're understanding the sentence, both of those have to be pretty close to true. <laughs> you've got a ticket. You, you've got a seat in the arena. You've got some skin in the game. This is a wonderful time to learn how to master your own personification, your own uh, source consciousness, if you will, because there's going to be some rockers and rollers that come, come that come out of the the mainstream and really show humanity a whole new paradigm, a whole new mythology that our past really hasn't um, brought to light, if you will, and so. The, That's what I like about bringing you shows like the topic tonight, a true quantum leap, uh, the notion of a quantum leap, and and how to to bring your own wherewithal around and um, expect to have that kind of uh, result from your intentions. So I think we should jump to it. It's time for a radio episode. What do you say? Again, the topic tonight is, how to Create a True Quantum Leap in Your Life. And our guest tonight is Bryna Haynes. She is an inspirational speaker, philosopher, waymaker, and award-winning best-selling author. She is the creator of Choose Your Evolution, I like that, a teaching space where she helps conscious entrepreneurs, change makers leaders, and influencers navigate growth and change so they can step into their biggest visions, how's that, their biggest visions, in the most intentional way possible. Constantly challenging the status quo, Bryna is a catalyst for quantum evolution, empowering others to harness their own power as creators and live in their genius through conscious choice inspired action, new perspectives, and most importantly, knowing how to ask the right questions. Join me in welcoming Bryna Haynes to the show. Bryna, I'm so glad you chose to join us.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here.
1: So you chose the topic tonight of true quantum leap. Now, when we talk about... Um, uh, words that haven't always been in our vocabulary, I like to always kind of um, revisit what, what those words mean so we can, we can all be on the same page, if you will. W- when you talk about a quantum leap, I mean, that could be a metaphor or it could be a, uh, an actual experience. How would you describe a true quantum leap?
0: Well, the really interesting thing about creating a true quantum leap is that it's both. It's both metaphorical and actual. So I've been studying many different modes of spirituality and metaphysics for a long time, upward of 20 years. And there was one thing that I always got stuck on, and that was this notion of vibration, so many of the great teachers of the law of attraction and manifestation will say things like, you just have to shift your vibration and then you'll begin to attract what you want. And my response in my slightly analytical, slightly cynical brain was, what does that even mean? Is, am I like singing a C sharp and I need to be vibrating in an F natural? Like, what is that? And I never found an explanation that really brought home this idea of shifting my vibration for me until I started looking at quantum models. And so as, as I understand it, and I want to be clear, I am not a physicist. Uh, I am married to a physics teacher, a former physics teacher, who is now a gondolier. Um, interesting story there. And um, so I have had, you know, many conversations with people who are in this field, but you know, it's not my expertise, so uh, please forgive me, everyone, if, I, um, if I'm not 100% up on the scientific minutiae here, um, but a quantum leap is when the wave that is also a particle, that is an electron, um, suddenly is hit by energy, a photon. And shifts its vibrational state. It is now vibrating at a new frequency. And when that happens, when an electron as part of an atom, is now vibrating at a new frequency, a new wavelength, that is a quantum leap. And it's instantaneous. There is no measurable time lapse between when the energy impacts the electron and when it begins its new vibrational state. It is an instantaneous shift. And when that shift occurs, the atom behaves differently in its environment. And so we can apply that to ourselves. And when we shift something that is fundamental to our way of being in the world, when we change a belief, when we change a thought pattern, when we change a habitual emotion, when we change an uh, an action, when we change a habit, a daily habit – And we change it in such a way that that change is non-negotiable and there's no wavering and there's no going back. We create the equivalent of a quantum leap and we shift our vibration. And when we do that, we shift our relationship to our environment. And all of us have done this in some way at some point. We've learned a new piece of information that has completely changed our energy around a situation. We have made an irrevocable choice that there was no going back from, whether that was to move away from a relationship that wasn't healthy, whether that was to change a habit like smoking, whatever it is, we've made an an irrevocable choice and our reality has shifted as a result that is what a quantum leap is and that's the way that i teach this and to to actually have that model on on the small you know atomic and subatomic scale as a reference point that this actually happens in nature vibration shifts and an atom behaves differently in its environment we shift our way of being which is our vibrational state and we behave differently in our, in our environment and our reality as we perceive it, which is really all there is to reality, it's perception, that shifts as well. So when we talk about quantum leaps, that term is is bandied about so much in spiritual, metaphysical, um, law of attraction circles, but there is this scientific component to it. And it actually does reflect our new understanding of reality and how reality works.
1: I like that. So when you say uh, um, change your frequency, you would reference musical notes as a connotation. So I'm sitting here listening to the show, and I'm going, so I guess I have a vibration. I have a vibration or vibrations in me, and if I change them, uh, I will be reprogramming the quantum field. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, I mean, the, the change, the quantum leap, if you will, comes from, uh, the initial step of changing your vibration. Is that right?
0: Yes, but there's also a, a different and I think even more approachable way to look at it. So um, one of the things that we're learning with recent experiments, and um, you know, again, there are, are people who are uh, far more articulate than me about explaining the exact details of this, but there are a number of uh, emerging research Um, uh, papers and articles that are describing the universe as holographic. And this theory has been around for a while, but some of the latest experiments are really starting to prove this, that the universe is, in fact, holographic. And what does that mean? In essence, it means that the universe is formed of two-dimensional points of data, and what we see as our three-dimensional reality is, in fact, a projection. And it's really funny because when you start looking at what neuroscience is discovering about how projection um, and how our, our particular unique observation, our beliefs, our stories, our points of view actually shape our reality, this is very congruent with the theory of the universe as holographic. So if the universe is a hologram, and we're going to assume for the purposes of this discussion that it is, um, this means two things. It means that all of reality is in fact a projection and that shifting our view of reality, allowing for different possibilities, choosing different possibilities from the quantum field because the universe is infinite possibilities, infinite points of data. When we choose new places to put our focus, we change the projection that is our reality. The second really cool thing about the universe as a hologram is that um, if you take a hologram, a piece of holographic film, you know, that we've created in this three-dimensional reality, uh, you can actually Google experiments on this. There are some YouTube videos that actually show this in action. It's really, really cool. Um, But if you take a piece of holographic film and you chop it into ever smaller pieces and you hold up, one of those tiny pieces with a pair of tweezers and you shine a light through it, the entire image of the hologram is still present. And so what this tells me is that if we are part of this universal hologram, we are a piece of this universal hologram. If everything external to us, all the things that we think are real, all the things that we think make up our reality, were suddenly cut away from us and we were just left all alone, just this consciousness that we are in the middle of a void, all of the information that makes up the universe would still be present inside us. And so when I talk about who we truly are, when I work with my clients around really imagining their capabilities, their possibility, who they truly are, I talk about this. It's We are containers for universal possibility. Every single piece of information in the universe is already present inside us. It is up to us as creative beings to choose which of that information and which of those possibilities we access and base our reality and how we create it around that choice. And so when it comes to creating a quantum leap, what we're looking at shifting is not who we are because that is a container for infinite possibility. When we look at creating a quantum leap, we're looking at shifting some aspect of how we are viewing our reality or how we are showing up in this universe, how we act, how we speak, how we think, how we feel. All of these are sort of in orbit around this truth of who we are. And a lot of traditions will speak about us as divine beings, and this model of the universe as holographic actually supports that because if we truly are containers for the universe, then that is the equivalency of 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 being divine. And so it's important to make that distinction. In any kind of manifesting work, anytime you look at how do I want to up-level my life, it's important to realize that all the things that we think make us who we are are actually malleable. They're changeable. We can shift them. We can change our perspective around them. And we can create a quantum leap by shifting the vibration of something that is standing in the way of who we want to be and what we want to create.
1: Well, I like that. So you're talking about the the quantum leap from a from a personal experience where you're um, where you can have that uh, leap of, uh, a quantum uh, leap in ex, um, how you experience or interact with um, the world as you know it. I mean, to to change your paradigm, if you will. So um, exactly. Uh, we're talking about. Um, that we create that we project, if you will, the the world that we experience and that when we change ourselves, we literally change the projection. Um, does the quantum field have any bias of its own in In other words, um, what's the end game of of interacting with the quantum field in the notion of... Um, uh, the evolution of consciousness or higher higher consciousness or I mean because if we look at the human paradigm there's there's heartache and suffering and pain and, and torment and then on the flip side uh, there's joy and happiness and and creation and and uh, celebration and euphoria and um, w- when we go to unravel um, those things that have blocked us, unraveled those patterns, those habits, if you will, that didn't serve us, um, where are we going to with our, our potential? That is a question
0: for the ages. Um, I feel like that question <laughs> is at the root of everything that we're all seeking. So thank you for posting that. Um, I, I really think that, In some way, shape, or form, we are here to discover the truth of who we are and to create meaning and relationship around that individual truth and use that to up-level the collective. And so, some people do that through a particular um, faith practice or spiritual practice. Some people do it with without that, and they 're looking at working with their highest self and their personal power i don't i don 't think that there's um, there's necessarily a single or a single faceted entity that we're trying to connect with, or um, that there that there is necessarily an end game on the part of the universe. I think that we create that meaning, and um, I do believe, and this is my personal belief, that the universe is ultimately benevolent, and that it is ever expanding, and that it is a mirror and so um you know certain traditions um like um the sankhya school of uh, yogic tradition talks about purusha and prakriti and purusha being the expansive eternal boundless consciousness and prakriti being the world of name and form And so neither is whole without the other consciousness is consistently expressing itself through tangible reality. But when consciousness decides that tangible reality is all that there is, that's when we get caught up in patterns that create suffering because we don't see a way out. And so it's this idea of us being containers for universal possibility allows us to choose the meaning in a way that works for us and that feels nourishing and loving and benevolent to us. And so this is not uh, denominational. It's not associated with any particular tradition. Um, And I think that it's, it's really important for people to realize that there is no one pathway to accessing this quantum field, to accessing this consciousness, this, um, this never-ending set of possibilities. But it is important to remember that um, the universe does function as a mirror, and this is the foundation of law of attraction teachings, is that the vibration that we put out through our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, our behaviors, who we're being in the world is what is ultimately mirrored back to us because as creators, whether or not we're consciously aware that we are choosing our reality in this very moment, on some level, we are choosing through who we're being in the moment and how we see ourselves and we define ourselves. We're choosing a set of possibilities associated with those energies and those definitions. And so I'll give you a simple example of this. Um, Most of us have at some point identified ourselves or been identified as introverts or extroverts. And if I say to you, I'm an introvert, there's a whole story, a whole mythology, if you will, to um, go back to what you were saying at the beginning of of the show. There's a whole mythology around what it means to be an introvert. And uh, I identify personally as an introvert for most of the 40 years I've been on this planet. And what I allowed that introvert mythology to tell me was that I wasn't going to be good at public speaking. I wasn't going to be comfortable being visible and doing the work that I really wanted in the, the core of my soul to be doing, that I was not going to be able to hack it on stage as an introvert, because that is part of the mythology that I was that I was absorbing around being an introvert. When I tapped into this idea of universal possibility, and that I can access any set of possibilities that I choose, it, as long as I'm willing to rewrite that story, now I get to choose what my definition of an introvert is. And it's just, I need alone time to recharge. It's as simple as that. And so, most of who we are in our lives is working for us. We have our unique gifts. We have our unique talents. We, we are connecting with the reason that we came here, or at least as much of it as we can perceive. We're connecting with the expansive nature of the universe as it relates to who we are and who we're being in this life. But for most of us, there's some implanted mythology. There's some implanted story. That's holding us back from being the version of ourselves who can actually have what we want and fulfill the mission that we're here to create, to have that level of connection and flow that is possible for us as creators and creative beings. And that those little pieces of ourselves that are in the way, that's where quantum leaps can happen. That's where we can make these shifts that ultimately change our reality. And so again, it's not about who we are, it's about who we're being and who we need to become if we truly want to live out the vision and the dreams that we have for ourselves.:
1: Well, I like that. very well spoken. Um, I like that. So um, uh, having what we want, having what we want, where we have a desire for change of some sort, maybe there's a thing, a status, a position, a, um, something that we want, something that we desire, and and the whole idea behind a, a quantum leap is to, to get to it, to get her done, if you will, and... Uh, um and then there's the notion of the shadow where um our souls at some point chose to go into the darkness we chose as as conscious creators every as you mentioned i uh, you might have mentioned I don't want to put words in your mouth that at some level we choose everything that we do um there's, a, there's an image uh, uh, that comes to mind of uh, like a, a homeless single mother that, have, that has been living in shelters and uh, uh, she, she finally gets uh, back on her feet enough to get a place of her own. And she talks to the landlord and now she has a set of keys in her hand. And she walks into her own apartment and she closes the door and now she has her own private space for the first time in perhaps decades, and in that moment, the joy, the the uh, euphoric feeling of of comfort, even though it's a substantially small amount, is is such a, a overwhelming feeling of accomplishment. So what I'm getting at here is. Um, it, it seems like if if we're always in desire mode, that and and certainly there's plenty of suffering to desire to get out of suffering can be a, a wonderful thing, but to to create things, status, um, uh, changes in our in our experience um, based on our desires. Um, there's got to be something that happens in the journey because uh, the, it's the very nature of consciousness to seek expansion eternally, forever. I mean, so as we create this flow, we have an intention, uh, a di- desire arises, we, we create an intention, um, we shift our vibration and we quantum jump, and, and we increment and we increment. There's the wanting, there's the always wanting of, of something better, and then there's something about the journey itself. What would you say to the um, um, the balance of that, to to be able to go through this journey, this temporal incremental um, experience, and and enjoy the now, and yet still be uh, a creator of what has yet to be, if you will, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. So my favorite question always has been and always will be, why? And so a lot of people focus on, you know, harnessing the power of the law of attraction to create the um the physical manifestations of their desires right i want that new car i want that new house i want that new relationship i want to have this status i want to have this business i want to have success i want to have a million social media followers whatever it is and my question is always why because there's so much wisdom in the why chances are If you have big desires, you have a big mission, and when the desires start um, taking precedence over the exploration or when the exploration simply doesn't happen – it's it's really you you've I mean everyone who's listening to this show probably knows someone who um, you know who really really wanted that that new car and, and they worked their butt off and they got the new car and then two months later they were unhappy and they wanted something else to try to fill that that hole right ultimately um, and this is taught in in most spiritual traditions ultimately what we really want is not the stuff. It's a way to reconnect with who we are and how truly powerful we are. Because if everything that we need is already inside us, then the stuff is just fun. It's just extra. It's a way to, um, to engage with this three-dimensional reality in a way that allows us to move forward on whatever quest we're on. Right? So if we're operating in this 3D reality and we have a big mission, we probably need some big abundance to fuel that mission and make some change in the world. But, you know, it's really important to me when I work with my clients and, and when I do my, my own personal work, the question is always Why? And so I I had a really great experience with this um, about a year and a half ago, and it was actually what led me to create the Choose Your Evolution project. Um, My previous career was as a writer, editor, and ghostwriter, and I got to work with some of the most amazing people in the self-help and personal development industry. And... um, it was just it was a fabulous career, and yet I was feeling very dissatisfied and so i I felt like maybe maybe i 'm just overworked and underpaid, and so I set some income goals for myself, and I met them um, and i didn 't feel any different. I was really struggling to connect to why am I here? what am I doing? Why am I spending so much time pursuing this mission that doesn 't feel connected to my soul and When I started asking the why questions, what I came down to was um, that I wasn't trying to create money. I didn't really care about the money. I wanted to feel valuable. I wanted to be a person who valued herself. And it was only through some really deep self-examination that I came to that realization. I didn't want to be just abundant or just have the stuff or take fabulous vacations, although I love to travel. It was really about I wanted to be a person who valued herself, and because of my upbringing, my dad is a CPA. He's a wonderful guy, but he's very grounded in that financial world, and money and worth are very tied together. And so actually seeing that, I started asking myself questions like, well, what would a person who values herself do right now? Well, she probably wouldn't put in sixty hours when she didn't have to. She'd go to that yoga class and and do some self care, or you know whatever the answer was to that. And so, it, if I had just stayed at the surface of that why, and 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 you know oh I just I just want to create you know x amount of dollars in my business this year, I would have never come to this deeper realization that I was looking for something that would help me get a handle on my own value, and. From this this deep self examination and stepping back and asking what value do I really want to bring to the world?" I was literally given and I mean given in a download that blew my mind for weeks on end a lot of the information that I'm teaching today about how we are creators about how we are um, you know interacting with our physical environment and it was through those questions that I came to this, this place of feeling very purposeful in my life and my work. And so I would challenge anybody who has a, a manifestation goal that is based in the physical. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not making that wrong at all. But if you're really like, oh, my God, I just I really want that dream house. I really want that car. I really want the, that pair of amazing shoes. Um, ask yourself why what will those things help me create? And chances are you're going to get to a set of core values and core energies that are really what you're looking for. Love, freedom, security, a feeling of of being valued and valuing yourself. And then when you tap into those things, it's really start easy to start asking questions that will help you create those quantum leaps. Well, where am I not being a person who values myself? Where am I, where am I shutting out love? Where am I not inviting abundance? And when you come down, you distill all of those kind of external reasons for doing what you do. And you, you come down to the feelings that you're actually trying to create. Then you start asking better questions. And so I feel like, you know, there, there is this element of constant expansion. And, you know, as the, the science is telling us, the universe is ever in a state of expansion and we are expanding with it. And we're expanding faster than we ever have before as a species. I mean, just look at the last 40 years and how much life on this planet has changed. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with, with being expansive and seeking expansion. It's just you need to know why. Otherwise, you're going to create the physical thing, but you're not going to create the feeling that you want, and it's going to feel like a never-ending quest to nowhere.
1: I like that. Very nice. Well, the, you know, it, uh, it's a curious thing, I suggest. Uh, the more you open up to self-love, the more you open up to self-worth, the more you you ponder the... Um, deeper desires of your heart and your soul perhaps. Um, There's a... um, Humanity is really hungry for a more authentic story. Humanity is hungry for a a deeper sense of the truth. And sometimes in our education uh, we're taught that in order to accomplish anything in skill, there's this... uh, institutionalized approach um, but I suggest in the new paradigm it's it's not an external um, um, uh, level of scale if you will like an institution or a, um, a, a scale of, of what's outside of you but th- we're, we're such powerful beings. I mean, we're source consciousness personified. And I, th- I think some of the new paradigm is w- when you're authentic to yourself and you learn to love yourself and you let go of the bridle, if you will, from the ego's perspective, and the heart and the soul can have more wiggle room, more sway, more say in what happens um, day-to-day, moment-to-moment, there's this um, uh, evolution of yourself, if you will, into this much more dynamic, much more flowing, much more authentic, uh, organic um, upheaval of consciousness or, or a perpetual expansion of yourself, so to speak. And so, since the uh, source consciousness is holographic, the moment you expand your ability to express yourself. It makes it easier for all the other nodes, all the other points, be, um, be, because through that connectedness, um, the model has been presented yet again. And and there's gonna be a, I think there'll, there'll be a 100th monkey thing where, um, <laughs> we we kid about how much I mean we don't kid we're we've we've been talking about how much consciousness has expanded over the past decades. I don't think we've seen anything yet so- um when you work with uh, uh clients and your audiences um what kind of stories have they shared with you about their own quantum leaps
0: oh absolutely and and um it, it really comes down to asking different questions. And some of the most powerful questions that I've heard come from clients have, have been based around what do I actually want or how can I create what I truly want? Because we're, we're, we live, again, with this mythology, this, these stories, these beliefs that are kind of implanted into us, and when we operate within the confines of those beliefs, we literally cannot see possibilities outside of that. And so instead of kind of accepting the barriers or limitations or, um, or, or modes of doing things, That have previously been created, what I encourage my clients to do is to realize that what they want in exactly the way that they want it has never been created before. The exact business that they want has never been created before. The exact relationship that they want has never been created before. They need to choose it. They need to choose the set of possibilities that they will allow. So um, in order to kind of grasp this, I think it's really important to understand how this works neurologically because it's like, you know, we we say, oh, okay, yeah, fine, I'll just choose a new set of possibilities. But what we don't understand completely until we we get a handle on the neuroscience is that when we believe something, we rule out all other possibilities that are not – Coinciding with that belief. And there's a part of the brain called the reticular activating system that is basically a filter for this three dimensional reality. So we get literally billions of pieces of information sent to our brain through our five senses, our perception every single day. And it's the job in part of the reticular activating system to filter those things out based on what we believe is important and what we believe is true. And so uh, if we didn't have this, right, you know, the feeling of this, the seat that I'm sitting on under my butt would be as important a priority to my brain as the conversation that we're having uh we wouldn't be able to to create or or, um, to accomplish simple tasks because we'd be so overwhelmed with the amount of sensory input and we wouldn't have a prioritization system in place and so this really is very helpful to us because we get to tell our brains through our beliefs and our priorities and our values what is important to notice and what is not important to notice and um chances are I just talked about the feeling of the seat under my rear and you probably felt the seat under your rear because now it was important because you had a conscious thought around it, right? And so when we start to look at how our stories and our mythologies impact us, um, then we start to realize the filters that we are putting on our perception. And so if I have a filter in place that says I am not enough, then all of the pieces of information that my brain prioritizes as it sorts the billions of bits of information that comes to it every day, all of those bits of information will be prioritized according to that belief. And so I could have 10 conversations in which people praise me, but the only one I remember is the one where someone cut me down because I have this belief that I'm not enough. Um, Mm -hmm. If I have a belief that – um, that money is very, very hard to make, right? That's such a common belief for people. It's really hard to make money. Then all of the opportunities that are present in the quantum field of infinite possibility uh, for making money easily and quickly and without stress are going to bypass me because they literally will not even enter my consciousness. They've, they've not been uh, let through the filter system. And if by chance such an opportunity does come to me, I will skew it and mess it up to make it align with my belief system. And so it's really important when we start looking at the work around creating a quantum leap to realize what filters and stories you have in place and start asking better questions. So, um, you know, one of the questions might be, how can I allow abundance to flow to me very easily? How can I receive abundance without working so hard? And the cool, another cool thing about our brains is that we have a reflex called instinctive elaboration, which means that if we ask ourselves a question, our brain has to answer it. And it will not rest until it has provided us that answer. And so most of the time, when I, uh, when I first meet clients, they're asking questions like, why can't I have what I want? Why can't I have the business that I actually want to create? Why do I have to create it according to this, this existing model? Um, why can't I have all of the abundance I desire? And when they ask themselves those questions, their brains go to work finding all of the answers And in a universe of infinite possibilities, there are plenty of answers to justify why they can't have what they want. Um, Another really common thing um, is, you know, in relationships, why doesn't this person love me as much as I want to be loved? Well, you could come up with a a lot of answers to that. Uh, Some of them probably won't even be true, but your brain is on a quest for answers when you ask it a question. And so when I help clients ask better questions, then what they end up with is a greater choice in the spectrum of reality that they experience. So uh, for example, um, at the event that I did recently, I had uh, on the third day, I had all of the attendees go to lunch as the versions of themselves themselves. That could actually have what they wanted, and so if they were um, creating a lot of abundance, they had to go to lunch as their most abundant selves. And if they were creating more joy, they had to go to lunch as their most joyful selves. And they had to ask questions and make decisions from that place. And the stories that came back from that one lunch were so much fun, and. Um, you know one in particular um stands out and uh you know this this woman was was going to lunch as her most joyful self she really wanted to bring back some childlike joy and she told a story about how she just Im- impromptu hugged one of the other attendees in the middle of the street and they started dancing on the street corner and people were walking by them with these big smiles on their faces and they created a radius of joy Simply by asking, what does the most joyful version of me do on her lunch break? And so that's, it's such a simple, simple thing. And it doesn't have to be this big life shifting bridge burning thing to have more of what you want. Start acting like the person who has it. So, um, That's just, you know, it's just one example. Um, I have worked with people who suffer from really terrible anxiety. And obviously they have professional psychologists and doctors that they're working with. But one of the things that we play with is, you know, asking, um, you know, what would a relaxed person do in this situation? And then they can take a breath. And say, well, you know, a relaxed person would probably not worry that she didn't have all the things that she needed for this camping trip that she's going on. She would probably trust that if she needed something, there's a convenience store up the road and she would be able to go get it. And so I had one client who... um, who ended up uh, going on um, a, a weekend camping trip. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about, you know, what would it feel like to be prepared? And, you know, you're, you're taking your car, so pack all the extra things that you, you think you might need. It's not a big deal. Um, and that weekend they ended up having a severe thunderstorm. The lights went out. There was no power. It was a situation that would normally have panicked her. And um, because she had taken the time to say, I want to be a prepared person so that I can be relaxed Next person. She had um, you know, a phone charging station in her car. She had extra batteries. She had a flashlight. And they ended up having apparently a fantastic evening of games around a flashlight <laughs> in the middle of a cabin uh, after the power had gone out. And instead of panicking around this, she was able to be the version of herself who could actually enjoy it. And again, it's just these little, little things. What would the version of me who has what I want do? Those kinds of questions will change everything.
1: Well, very nice. I like those examples. Well, let's take a look at your platform now. So um, who who's your ideal client? I mean, who do you, who do you like to work with?
0: Well, entrepreneurs are really my sweet spot. I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 22, and um, I love working with entrepreneurs precisely for the reason that out of everyone that I know, entrepreneurs are the most conscious of how who they're being in their lives as, as a whole, as a global whole, shows up in and through their businesses. And so The entrepreneurs I work with are ready to take on this work of deep self-examination, of asking different and better questions, of challenging the belief systems they've held for their entire lives that are now holding them back because they see the direct impact of these changes in their business. And so that's not to say that that wouldn't be true for someone working in a, in a corporate or or institutional environment, but the immediacy of the changes that happen for entrepreneurs with this work are really, really cool. So, um, it's, I have a lot, a lot of fun with that. So I do uh, some individual work, but a lot of small group work with mostly women entrepreneurs, but, um, but I don't have any, any hard and fast rules about that. Um, And, uh, and what we do is we create um, sort of a cauldron of transformation in these individual and small group um, meetings and, uh, and conversations. And, What I find is that it's really easy to get that burst of energy and that that sort of mini quantum leap from, let's say, an event or a retreat. And um, what's hard is to carry that through and keep the changes that you've made and make them non-negotiable so many people, they just fall back into old patterning when they don't have a way to stay accountable to their vision and to this this version of themselves that they're becoming. And so the programs that I have are really designed to, um, to create that space that we visit regularly um, to support that level of growth and transformation.
1: So how, how do small groups Get a hold of you, I mean so uh, Sam listened to you as an individual and and you didn't exclude individual coaching, but you, you it seems like you prefer the the smaller groups i mean how does that how does that form um Um, Can you give us uh, examples of the types of groups or businesses or whatnot? um, Oh,
0: sure. Well, I actually create the groups. So I have a um, a mastermind program called the Celestial Sisterhood, and it's an application-only, invitation-only program. So um, there is an application that you can reach through my website um, or at CelestialSisterhood.com. And people apply to be part of these groups, and then I curate the groups based on where people are in their consciousness journeys, in their business journeys, and, um, and place them with a peer group that is asking the same kinds of questions and, and up-leveling in the same kinds of ways. So the groups don't already have to be established. An individual could come in and participate in one of these small group programs, um, you know, through, through this process. So um, I, I definitely can work with existing groups, but um, but a lot of what I do is individuals who come to me for this work, and then I curate the groups, and um, and that's been working really well so far.
1: Nice, I like that. Well, where do you see your your uh, platform going? I mean, what's next for you?
0: Well, one of the things that I love most is having conversations about consciousness. Like what we're doing right now lights me up so much. <laughs> um, and so I, I love speaking. I love leading events. Uh, I'm leading some international retreats this year, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I love holding space for people to participate in conversations, not only with me, but with one another. And to, um, to start the dialogues that... Are necessary to help people up level who they 're being in their lives so that they can fulfill their missions here on this planet, whatever those may be um, so I am right now I am open to universal possibility about how I'm going to manifest that in the next uh, twelve to twenty four months and um, you know really it 's all about the conversation for me so when I was asking uh, a year and a half ago before I launched Choose Your Evolution when I was asking like what am I here for? What, am I, what would I do if I, if I had to do something all day, every day? Um, what would I do? And the answer was instantaneous, it was have conversations about consciousness. And so um, there are so many irons in the fire about the expressions that this will take, but, um, but speaking and uh, events and retreats are really top priority for me right now.
1: Well, very nice. Can you, can you give us uh, uh, some takeaway tips uh, as it relates to the quantum? I mean, just some, some insights that our guests can take with them?
0: Absolutely. So, the number one thing I would encourage people to do is just start to observe the questions that you're asking yourself. Because anytime you get an answer, or you draw a conclusion, you are putting a filter in place in your brain, just like we talked about. And so if you are telling yourself or getting answers to the questions that you're asking that are along the lines of, I'm not good enough, I can't have what I want, what I want is impossible, anything like that, what you're doing is you're putting a filter in place that will exclude anything that doesn't align with that. So if, if you ask yourself a question and you feel like you're shrinking as you get the answers, you can feel this sensation in your body. It's It's not fun. And I know that you all know what I'm talking about. Change the question. So instead of why can't I have what I want, shift the question to how can I create what I want? And your brain will go to work finding those answers and you may surprise yourself with how creative you get in the pursuit of your dream. So start asking better questions. Always ask questions that will give you productive answers. So not why can't I have or why don't I have or why am I not? Instead, how can I create what I want? And when you're stuck for questions and you don't know what to ask, pull from the access consciousness practice, which encourages us to ask a question What else is possible? So yes, maybe everything is hitting the fan right now and reality totally sucks at the moment and it's all going completely crazy. Sit down and ask yourself over and over and over, what else is possible? And if you give your brain a chance to answer that question, you will find a way out.
1: Well, very nice. Well, you know, an hour can go by pretty fast. Um, I want to thank you, Raina, for being such a wonderful guest. You're so well spoken, and it's it's quite obvious the passion you have for this topic and the compassion you have for humanity. I want to thank you for being our guest on the show tonight. Thank you
0: so much for the invitation, Les. It's been so wonderful to speak with you and and to have this conversation. Uh, this is totally my joy in the world, and I hope that it's it's helped everyone in your audience in some way.
1: We've been talking with Bryna Haynes, and the and the topic tonight has been how to create a true quantum leap in your life. I I love the uh, perspectives and insights that she brought to the dialogue. I mean, if if you think of humanity as this collective consciousness, so often we we see a, a sliver of what's of the many, many things that are happening on the planet, the media shows us a sliver of it, just a, a, a wisp of, of the all that is. And uh, um, we can wring our hands and be frustrated. I mean, there's, there's people that have a lot of anxiousness towards the future, but... Um, to be worried or to fret is to really stand down as a creator. It's to really disconnect from you as a, as a, a portal of possibilities, a portal of inspiration. And uh, when you decide, because you want to, when you sincerely decide to show up for yourself, I mean our souls chose a purpose for us to to play out in our lifetime. Our souls had this vision of our life and the curious thing about consciousness is the ego can sit there and consume all of your consciousness and not leave your heart and your soul anything. But when you when you choose when you actually want to ask a deeper question to get a deeper connection with yourself as to the why you're here, as to um, what motivates you from a from a very deep level, and then you show up for it today, and you show up for it um, in every day. I suggest the journey is is um, designed to be heaven on earth for the whole flipping journey. It's not like there's an end game and then a magic wand pranks us on the head and for some reason we're stuck in heaven. No, no, no. It's, if you learn how to enjoy today, practice just today. To enjoy today will put you in fine form to enjoy tomorrow too. And by golly, if tomorrow you are enjoying the day, You might just make a habit of of enjoying each moment. And over time, you'll end up enjoying your life. And boy, howdy, does humanity have a hunger for something just like that. Hey, you showed up for yourself. You listened to the show. And uh, it's always a pleasure for me to bring you episodes like this on the New Human Living Radio Show. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for living. This has been a
0: New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.